This is Jay from Jagger Holly, and you are in the dummy room. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. This is uh, Domi Room episode 127. I am Nate, and I am joined by uh, the man behind Rad Girlfriend Records. He plays in uh, Raging Nathan's. Oh, fuck. He was in Rad Company, Dopamines, the Queers, the Nobodies. Uh, he's in Loose Behavior. He's basically uh, Ohio's Mikey Erg. He is uh, Josh Goldman. How you doing, dude? Hey, man. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, man. Did, how many bands did I miss? Uh, like five or six, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll tell Mikey, he'll, you know, he'll love that. Yeah. And you're in, well, you're in Loose Behavior with Mikey and were you in the, no, but Mikey was out of the dopamines when you were in them. Right? Yeah, that's correct. I, I effectively replaced Mikey Erg and the dopamines. So how you been, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, just, uh, yeah, trying to deal with these kids every day. <laughs> and, uh, but other than that, doing pretty good. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since we talked. I think I, I'm pretty sure the last time we talked was uh, we had a phone conversation when we were releasing the uh, the uh, Masked Intruder Turkleton split. Yep, and and you know I I don't know why I can tell you this, Nate, but I remember specifically that I was in the at the mall in Build a Bear <laughs> <laughs> when when I last time I spoke to you. I don't know why I remember that, but. Yeah, many years ago. What was that? Like seven years ago already? I bet. Yeah, probably because it was. We probably were talking about the second pressing of it. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into Mask Intruder, but that was that was at the time when they were just blowing up, and uh, I was kind of surprised, man. What What did you think about that when they kind of just got overexposed? For me, at the time, it was it was thrilling, dude, because. You know, that was Rad Girlfriend's 10th, I think, release. It was like RGF 10 or something. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, it was just like one of those things that kind of like fell right into place. And you didn't, you know, I didn't expect it. And it did it did a lot for exposure for the label. I It was kind of funny because I was actually, the reason that it happened, I remember, was like I was playing um, with the Raging Nathans and, the, and Tight Bros, and we played at the frequency um, with the gusto. And I remember being at the bar with um, Red and he was like, yeah, you know, like, don't tell anybody, but we've got um, this like record coming out on Red Scare. And then he, I think he had mentioned the the split with the Turkletons and they were, I don't know if he I don't remember if he put me in touch with you or how it, how it all happened but uh yeah I mean that was it dude you know and then from there it was like it it did great stuff for for the label and they were they've always been like they've always been so cool about it you know like they the, every time I talk to them I still keep in touch with them they'll be like 
hey man, you know, you guys helped us out when we were first starting. Like, like we're happy to help you. They've always been really killer, gracious dudes. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was exciting to watch them, like because they didn't seem to have a ceiling. You know, it was just like they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they got on a great tours, and yeah, they were opening up for all kinds of big bands. Well, dude, I so I was at um, I was at Dirty Nelly's at Fest the year, like it must have been two thousand twelve or thirteen. I, I forget which year, but like, you know, they were there and they just packed the place out, and I think that was like the you know, they, you know, fat had gotten the call, like, dude, you guys got to come check this out or you got, you got to see these dudes or whatever. Um, cause they were just killing it, man. And, um, yeah, good, good on them, dude. You know? So I wish they were still, uh, yeah, you know, they're not, they're not as active right now, obviously not right now, but past couple of years slowed down a little bit, but still, still a cool band. Nothing beats that first record though, man. That first full length is just killer. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, even to you know, to that effect, I I think that the seven inches are really hard to beat, you know. They 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 knew exactly what they're doing and what they were going for and, and I you know, they know how to write a tune and um but the seven inch that the first one that you released and then the songs that were on the split with the Turkletons, like and the demo dude so when actually so when i first the demo saw them great it was i was playing in rad company we played at the lucky gator loft in chicago and we got there late we got there and we showed up and there was this band already playing and they all had like masks on and colored fucking chucks and i remember being like this is fucking like who the fuck is this corny but then like i you know for like five (laughs) minutes i'm watching i'm like oh shit these dudes were fucking tight and uh, those those demo CDs were everywhere, dude. Like, I mean, people were like, it's like when you pass out flyers and like you throw some in the garbage and shit. Like, they like people were like stepping on them. And come to you know, <laughs> you, you find out like a uh, four years later, people are selling that demo CD on fucking Discogs for like a hundred bucks or like whatever it was. Um, yep. You know, I wish I had kept more <laughs> more of the ones that I had. Exactly. Yeah. So hey, man, but uh. Of course, you run a rad girlfriend, and I know you've been really, really busy lately. But um, before we get into all that, I got to talk about some other stuff here sure. real quick. Um, have you heard of uh, T One Fest? It's a new fest. It was started last year. It's a it's a benefit for for type one diabetes. I actually have. I don't think that I have. Okay, well, like last year was kind of the inaugural year, you know, and uh, last year was cool. They had a bunch of great bands. I think like Smoking Popes and Lillingtons and Dan Vapid played and. Uh, yeah, so so basically it was started by the guys in this band called Cap Gun Heroes from Chicago. Great band, and uh, a member of that band has has children who are type 1. So they they kind of started that to, to do their part and do something cool as well as, you know, important. Raise some money for, for the cool. cause, right? So this year, uh, like everything else, you know, the pandemic fucked fucked it over royally so it was supposed to be a big deal this year instead uh they're they're doing the streaming thing and uh it goes down on saturday october 24th um and i'll tell you who's playing real quick uh the players are vapid polly and jen from the bomb pops Haley and the crushers death in memphis uh radio buzzkills and the lettermans and there might be a uh like a like a special guest i actually have no idea if that's even a possibility <laughs> but uh Tune in, <laughs> tune in, and uh, it's going to be cool, and it's for a great cause. And uh, I don't, I don't personally, 
I have not been affected by like diabetes in any way. My nobody in my family, but how about you, man? Uh, no, no, actually I can't, I can't say, uh, that I have, I, I went on tour with the kid who had diabetes once who had like one of those things, you know, like in his stomach or, you know, where he got yeah. his insulin, but yeah, no, I, I think, Hey, I think that's great, man. I, I always admire people that are, um, that are, that do stuff for charity and for good causes. It's a, it's a nice, nice thing to do for the, for the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I actually talked to, uh, uh, Jimmy the other night about this and I was telling him that, you know, I know that this year there's, there's, there's much greater things that are, uh, taking the news, you know, like we have the pandemic, we have the election. It's, it's a big year, but it's like, there's still fucking people with type one diabetes, you know, there's still people that need, you know, some assistance. This shit is not cheap, you know? So just because we're in a pandemic doesn't mean all the other fucking problems in the world are gone. So sure, I, I'm glad they're doing it, and uh, that's why you know last year we jumped on board to help them. This year I, I told them I'm I'm on board whatever they need. So, and plus uh, they're in this band called the Cap Gun Heroes, who I'm putting out. Uh, I'm putting out their first full length album. It's coming out hopefully by the end of this year, early next year. But uh, it's gonna be great. I love this band. Um, did you check out the song, man? I absolutely did. I wanna go. Oh, 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 oh. Wanna go. Oh, 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 oh.
You can go to uh, Cap Gun Heroes Bandcamp. You can go to my Bandcamp, Hey Pizza, hey, and pizza. Uh, it'll be up by the time you're hearing this. Um, what'd you think, dude? The guy can sing, man. I wish I could sing like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's, it is spot on for the type of music that it is. You know what I mean? Like it just, um, I guess that you can't really get any tighter than, than that in terms of pop punk. No, I, I, I absolutely, I love this band. And dude, I'll tell you what, they were on the show last year talking about T1 Fest and I had never met them, didn't know anything about it. And they were talking about the fest and they kept, you know, they, they'd say the lineup, they'd say Cap Gun Heroes. And, and eventually we were like, well, you know, we asked something about their band and they're like, yeah, that we're Cap Gun Heroes. And that was basically it. They didn't try to sell themselves to us. You know, they weren't pushing it. And uh, he basically said, we'll send you a demo when they're done. And uh, like I don't know, six months later, whatever it was, he sent me this this link to their band camp, and it was blew my fucking mind. They were so good, man. I couldn't believe it. And immediately, I knew I wanted to do the record, just because I'm, clearly they're they're pretty humble guys, and uh, just super good. And I love them. The song, the new song, uh, "Want to Go," is I love it. The album, I know it's going to be good. So oh, that's great, man. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of it. So, dude, I um this past weekend I saw your post on Facebook about Rad Girlfriend has released a uh, hundred and twenty five records in nine years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that is fucking nuts. Because I did the math, you know, it's like it's like thirteen or fourteen records a year. <laughs> yeah, that's unbelievable, man. It's fucking crazy, man. I mean. You know, so a lot of a lot of it this year, I was was kind of uh, I don't want to say forced, but like, you know, there was that <laughs> um, that fire at at Apollo, the the lacquer plant in Florida. Yes, and so it, it burned it to the ground. So like, you know, you're only getting lacquers from Japan, and um, because of that, the you know the guy that I work with, also from Wisconsin, uh, you know, I had to like pay for releases in advance so i was literally making shit up this year like like you know it was in february and he was like well you know you're gonna have to reserve this shit you know for each month and pay for it and so i was just you know going through what i wanted to put out and what i thought might be able to put out there was a lot of like my bands and shit that i had made up and you know i figured i was like well as long as i have something to send out like it doesn't matter what the name of it is you know i'll i'll figure it out so i essentially this year i've i i I averaged like two records a month or something yeah when that whole thing went down i was i was all freaking out because i was just about to put out the uh the teen idols uh acoustic seven inch oh yeah and I had to like rush that really quick because I didn't want it to like wait any longer. So I'm like, I got I to gotta reserve a lacquer. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> like sorry. it really yeah. felt like the end of something. It felt like this, there was going to be this big bottleneck and everybody like me and you, or at least me, the smaller guy was going to be completely fucking left out in the cold, you know? Well, I felt like a little certain, but at the same time, it's like, you know, one way or another, I'm going to keep putting out records. I mean, I... I have a process that I like to go through and I thought it was going to either separate the people that like were kind of half ass in it. Like, and this would, this would deter them from, you know, putting out records and leave more for me. Or, I mean, you know, there's, there's other, there's other ways to, 
to do it you know there's like i think there's like what do they call it like i've never used this like pirates press does like the direct to metal yeah. mastering or something like that you know so like there's ways to put out records no matter what and if i have to i'll do it any way possible so i don't know much about rad girlfriend so tell me a little uh just a little history how it got started why you wanted to do it and uh is I, i'm pretty sure she is but i assume brandy's the rad girlfriend yeah well she's my <laughs> wife now um well yeah, yeah. of course at the time, um, well, you know, like I, it start. So when we got together, I had been like, I had been playing in this in this band called Rad Company for a long time, and we had put out like, uh, I think we we did quite a bit of work. Like we did like six or seven seven inches and like a split LP or something, and we just never. I, I wish we had put out like a record, but anyways, I, I remember around that time I couldn't get anybody to, like put out our record you know like and every fucking you know like every review that we got were like was just like you know kind of like maximum rock and roll just like took a shit on us and like you know everything <laughs> was like really be like we were deterred I, I don't know if that's the right word but like people like didn't it didn't seem stoked on us in like the community but like bands like this you know what i mean and um i just remember being like well like fuck this man like why am i looking for other people's validation so i i I, nobody would touch my band so i decided that i was going to put out our own record um and if you look on the first two releases like the logo is different because like i was just Mm -hmm. still kind of like figuring it out but um (laughs) you know brandy was a big part of that and she she always has been she's just been like you know she was always like look you know, if you want to do this, like do it. And it took a lot, um, of figuring out at first and a lot of help from different labels and, um, a lot of getting screwed over by fucking different labels, you know? And, um, and I don't give, I don't give a fuck. I'll talk all about them too. Cause like, I think that's bullshit, but anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, so we started putting out these records and, and what I realized was that I wanted to do a distro too, because I thought I was touring a lot and my, thought process was well i can bring the distro with me on tour and that will like help you know um i'll make some money and and plus my my releases the more i trade with people the more my releases will get out to people especially because i don't have the reach right now at the time um and so that's what i did and i realized that i couldn't trade people like with like one release, you know? So I had to, I, I remember like putting out five records or something like that, or three or four records, like to, to build up a little bit of a catalog to send people. So I could actually get some records into my distro. And, um, I think that's like where it started, but that was also probably one of my biggest, like, I don't want to call it a regret, but maybe like, um, like mistakes it's because you know it's like instead of like putting out a record and trying to make your money back like i just went fucking gung-ho and just put out as much shit as possible i did multi you know split releases with anybody that was willing to do it with me um anything that i could get my hands on that was good and in the long run it was great it was fantastic for me because like you know i've made lifelong friends doing it and i have no you know illusions about like the fact that the reason that I get to do some of the shit I've gotten to do is because I've put out somebody's record, you know, like that's just 
a fact and and it's something that like you know whatever i'm okay with it's it's that's just that's just life you know i wish that everybody liked um my bands for my bands and, and i didn't have to like do the i scratch your back thing but whatever man it's <laughs> it, it it's worked out and it just kind of grew into this like stepping stone i think for bands um you know, and friends, I've, we've had a few successes, you know, like Mass Intruder, I think is a good example. Um, or like, you know, or, and, or to now, like where just rad records kind of just fall into my lap. Like we did like the Frankie Stubbs seven inch and, and today, like, you know, went the pre-order went up for this moral mazes record with, you know, Jay Robbins from Jawbox, And we've gotten to work with some really fantastic, people like literally heroes of mine yeah, um yeah you know and so that's that's how it started man and, and actually like so a lot of people don't know this but like um you know so i played in, in the queers I, I i started in like 2013 and like aside from any aside from any of the like whatever stuff that people want to talk about like with about joe like um you know he had yeah. at the time he had like was like well look man like uh he gave me the permission to reissue the entire back catalog on cd and so i just like i had a distributor that for some reason like bought all of these queer cds so i didn't even have to like put them up for sale because like as soon as i got them like the distributor would take them and while i wasn't and, and all joe wanted was like some some cds like anytime he needed tours like to go on tour he wanted cds for tour and so i would just give them to him and i um i wasn't making a ton of money but like you know if if every month like i was getting like a couple like 200 or whatever dollars from the distributor for these queer cds um like, you know, when you're putting out records and you have bills to pay, like 200 bucks, like when you need it is, <laughs> is great. Huge. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we reissued don't back down. We did love songs for the retarded. We did, um, pleasant screams, a day late and a dollar short. And we did, um, the reissue of the punk rock confidential or like the re-recorded version. And, um, yeah, dude, I mean, and, and, and for that, I'll always be grateful. Cause at a time when, when the label really wasn't like, when I was kind of like just breaking through with certain shit, like, I, like getting people to trust the label, um, that really helped us in months where, you know, we, maybe we didn't sell that many records. So, yeah, well, it's cool because I mean, what a, what a classic band, you know? And I mean, classic records, I love the queers still, I've loved those records and just for you, to be able to, uh, you know, put your name on that history, I think is that's fucking awesome. Oh, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. You know, I've gotten to, um, I, I, I've gotten to do things because of that band that I never would have ever done otherwise. And like, you know, he's really humble about it. So it's like, you know, he's been doing this for 30 years. He doesn't. So it's like when you're, you have to act cool, man. Cause like, you know, <laughs> otherwise it's like, oh, oh, he, you know, you, you look, look like a like a fanboy or like whatever even though i am and, and like so you know a good example is like you know one time like cj C. ramon like came up and like 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 played my bass on stage you know and like another time we were in la and um like richie ramon like 
like we, we played, uh, somebody put something in my drink and I just want to have something to do. And that, you know, like we were his, we were fucking his backing band, you know, and he sang, I mean, I mean, it's, it, I was like 26, dude, blowing my mind, playing with, with the Ramones, basically <laughs> one of the Ramones. And it was That's fucking my, awesome. Fuck, yeah. It blew my mind. And there's, there's actually a YouTube video of it that like anytime I like, you know, try to really impress somebody. I'm like, Oh, look. And then like the first comment is like, who the fuck is that guy playing bass? You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, like the first tour that I did with, with them was, uh, with, uh, like a month with like teenage bottle rocket and the copyrights. And, uh, I met, I, that's how, I mean, that's how I met, uh, Jay from, um, you know, break anchor and the suicide machines. And, and I met 88 fingers, Louie and, you know, I've met so many bands and like became the nobodies. I mean, dude, JJ yeah. has become like a really dear friend of mine, you know, and none of, none of that shit would have happened had I not played, you know, in that band. Yeah. Well, before we get into the nobody stuff, um, I, I wanted to ask you, like, how do you get into the, a band like the queers? Like, I know. Is it like Screeching Weasel, where somebody else in the band is kind of kind of recruits you, or was it just from knowing Joe? No. In fact, I even. I mean, Screeching Weasel is funny because because we, we I was talking to Ben about you know putting out like the late whatever the one that they just put out, and um, I, I I remember talking to him and and he he was like. Oh, well, the album's going to be put on hold, like, you know, our guitar player left. And I remember being like, oh, hey, I'll, you know, I can play guitar. And he was like, I was like, hey, I, I said I, I was a reliable rhythm guitar player. And he was like, yeah, we're looking for a lead. He said it's a tall order. <laughs> um, but no, when it comes to the to the queers, like in bands like that, I, I think what had happened was there was a year and it was like, it was like 2013 where I had played in like four or five bands in one year and the queerest thing kind of happened because um we had played with them in dayton and i you know i don't know what it was about me and joe just clicked i guess and he like gave me his phone number we kept in touch and i think like so we went down the like that year and recorded a seven inch with him and then i didn't hear from him for a while and i literally just got a phone call from him one day that was like hey dude Dave can't do the tour. Like, do you, he said, do you know anybody who has a bass and can, and, and a van or something like that? And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know if he, I mean, I'm pretty sure that he knew what he was asking, but I, I was like, uh, yeah, I do. Like I, I have a bass and I can, you know, <laughs> and I had actually like, I didn't fucking play the bass dude, but he didn't know that. And I, I often wonder, like I practiced my ass off. Dude. He gave me like a list of like 60 songs. You know, and wow. I practice my fucking ass. And I often wonder, I'm like, well, what would he have done if, like, I just went up there and just fucking blew it, you know? You blew um, it! <laughs> it's funny. I got a, one of my favorite guests we've ever had was Jeff Palmer. And he, he was in the queers uh, yeah. prior to you. But his story was something similar, like... Uh, he, he approached Joe at like, uh, you know, at, at the coffee shop or wherever the fuck it was. And uh, Joe was like, well, I don't have a band. No one, no one can play right now. And, and Jeff was like, well, I, I can play. You know, I play bass with you, you know. And then so he's like, yeah, you play. And Jeff's like, sure. And apparently, like, Jeff goes home and calls his buddy. Hey, dude, I need to borrow a bass. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't even fucking have one. Well, yeah, that's exactly how it was, man. But so, you know, 
it, it all worked out for the best. I mean, and I, I don't know if he thought that I was a good player or not, but I mean, he called me to play like every year up until I think the last thing, time I played with them was like maybe last year sometime or or maybe 2018. I, I don't really remember, but you know, like he, he, I frequently like toured with them. I, you know, played probably a hundred shows with them or like whatever. And, um, wow. I didn't realize it was that much. I didn't really, I thought it was just something like it was like five, four or five years ago. I didn't realize it was as recent as a year or so ago. Yeah, man. I mean, like we did, uh, let's see. So we were in the process of buying our house. So I went to like Canada with them and did like four, like the bass player they have with them, like couldn't get into Canada and or something and I, like I went and that was in 2018 and um I think I played like a show like New Year's Eve once with them I I actually got kicked off of a queers tour um but I mean I guess if you haven't been kicked off out of the queers like you've never been in the queers <laughs> uh, so like yeah I don't know I mean that first tour was long it was like you know it was like 30 or 40 days or something 30 days wow that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, I, I've had I've had nothing but positive experiences. Although I, I'll tell you, it's like um, it's very boring to tour with them because you know Joe is like, you go, you know, you drive, you go to the hotel, you go directly to the show. As soon as the show is over, you go back to the hotel, and then you sleep all day, and then you drive again. You know what I mean? And and like yeah. I remember feeling like guilty for feeling like, man, this is boring. You know, because of like all the, you know, people that I met and shit like that. And then just like the opportunities to play the shows that, that we got to play or that I got to play. I remember, yeah, I remember feeling guilty. For, I remember being like, yeah, this, this is boring. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've, you put out other than, you know, those, those classic queers, um, you've put out so many records by so many great bands. Uh, oh man, Capitalist Kids dopamines uh who else the slow death starter jackets caffeines uh john kruger concentration camp parasite school damage and of course you re-released one of my favorite albums of all time certainly my favorite pink lincoln's album suck and bloat so oh yeah you gotta tell me how did that come to be well that so that was like you know i i remember getting like the um like the sumo you know seven inches and yeah and like yeah, and those were the first ones that I had heard. But then, um, yeah, so Suck and Blow. So, like, my wife, like, Brandy, she – that's, like, one of her favorite records. And, like, I don't I don't fucking remember exactly how it happened with Barrows. But, like, I had um, – I had, somehow I had reached out to him or we had gotten in contact with Chris Barrows. And and it might have been me asking him to to uh, reissue Suck and Bloat, but I remember like he was like, yeah, no problem, but like, can you do these like seven inches, right? And it was like there was like a four way split with like the Barrows Band and No Fraud. Um, you know, Walt, Walt just passed away, and um, and so like they were all Florida bands. And then there was like the Chris Barrows uh, seven inch. It was like an EP. And then there was like a Queers Barrows thing that we did for Record Store Day one year. And so I don't remember what our first interactions were, but I remember that he said yes. But it was like kind of 
it wasn't, he didn't say it specifically, but it was kind of implied that like, like you're going to do these other records also. Um, which we did. And, and, I'm, <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm so glad we did. Cause he's, he's a fucking great dude, but he was like, man, he was the easiest. He was, he was so great. He was just like, yeah, I like, that would be awesome. I can't wait. And actually, I mean, there's actually some unreleased stuff that, you know, we've been talking about doing. Um, so hopefully that'll happen too, but he's a great dude. And fucking last time I was in, and then we did, Oh yeah. Like one of them was the Spears record, um, mm-hmm. the LP. And, and last time I was in, I was in St. Pete with loose behavior and he like met me at the Chinese restaurant next door. And he was like, Hey man, I can't stay, but I wanted to give this to you. And, and he, it was like a, a copy of like the first Spears LP. And, and then actually when, I, when, when we had, um, me and my wife like took the kids down to Disney world or something. And so we were in the area and we brought his record, his like band copies with him. I don't remember. I think it might've been of the pink Lincoln's um, record. And he was like, well, do you want to come over? So we went over to his house and he was like, I want to give you a, a present. And um, so he gave me like this cardboard envelope and we, we, we shot the shit. He's got this like crazy wall of like, like old tapes and like videotapes and it's like you look at it's like Gigi Allen and at the fucking wherever and like or like you know just all these insane shows because he's like a you know he kept like meticulous records of like all the bands that played Tampa and shit it's really cool um and so I get in the car and I open the envelope and it's a fucking signed copy of the um Pink Lincoln's Screeching Weasel split signed by him and Ben and cool. and that's what kind of, that's just what kind of duty is, man. Like I didn't ask for that. He was just like, he's just a nice guy. Yeah, I you know what I got to get his book. Cause oh yeah, I, I love lo- looking at all those old pictures he had. It's just like that fucking guy saw every band. Dude, there's a picture of you too, right in the book that he had taken at like at a at a bar, and he was showing me that picture like in his in his room, like with all the tapes and stuff. He was like, yeah, I'm working on this book or whatever, and. uh yeah, fucking, you know, lo and behold, that's like the, I don't know, I think it's on like the back cover or something. It's like, yeah, but it's in the, it's in the book. It was really cool to see. That's you awesome, should, man. Yeah. So that was, that was really, that was a good experience. I, I, I like working with, with Chris Barrows. Yeah. My buddy and me, um, we got suck and bloat in high school. And, um, I remember like, I imagine they came on my radar because of the screeching weasel split. I mean, I was a weasel guy. So, um, but yeah, suck and blow. We used to just drive around, thought we were like badass or something. Cause it was like, we, it felt like it was like a real punk band, you know, they weren't just like a pop punk band, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, still one of my favorite albums. I, I got to see them. I saw them in green Bay. I don't know, like 98 or something like that. And, uh, that I, I never thought I'd see them, you know? Yeah. Great show. And I, I, I'm, 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 unfortunately you know and we'll never get to see them and, I, and i'm bummed about that yeah no they were they're great but yeah i remember when when i saw that you were putting that out i was just like what the fuck you know this is unreal and uh i just yeah congrats on that one dude yeah thanks man that was definitely one that and that was like brandy was so stoked on that because she loved that record man and so That's you know cool. she was like ask him if you know we can do that and yeah that's <laughs> just one of those things that worked out yeah. So, what's her favorite song on that album? Um, I let's see here. Mine is uh probably like I like "Stupid Me." <laughs> I actually, I think she likes "Scratch and Sniff."
she 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 just loves that whole record. I mean, I, I, I she's upstairs, or else I'd ask her. But no, it's um, it's it is a, it's a great record, you know. And oh man, it's just for me probably top ten, top twenty for sure. You know, it's a cla- it's a classic, dude. I was yep. trying to figure out how to how to set it aside from the other pressings, and so. I mean, if you've noticed, like we in, I, I inverted the the color of the artwork because yeah. it was, you know, and that was like, I I had to like, I did it myself and I was like, oh, fuck, man, I don't want to fuck this up because it's, <laughs> I'm not like, you know, a Photoshop genius, you know, so, but it, it, it turned out, it turned out good. I was kind of surprised they, that the, it was the same cover. I thought maybe, you know, a lot of people update the cover, do something different, you know? Dude, I did, with, with Iggy Pop, doing the 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 drawing for it there was i was like no fuck i want to do this so you know <laughs> i totally yeah. wanted that <laughs> yeah yeah we got to keep that thing. but you know a lot of people change it you know just to freshen it up maybe people get uh kind of duped into thinking it's a different record or something you know yeah i think that was like switching inverting the colors was was my way of of trying to do that yeah but i think it's cool you know i like i love it when there's these 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 classic albums get or classic bands even just start to come back a little bit and they're getting a little bit of attention, you know, and maybe, maybe they, some people discovered the pink Lincolns, definitely an underrated band. I always thought, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I just feel fortunate to have done a lot of that. Like, dude, especially like my, like my band, the raging Nathans has gotten to do some splits with like the classic bands, man. You know, like we did a split with John Cougar concentration camp and the parasites and, um, fucking you know a bit like the nobodies and like i i i remember for a minute there i was just like all right dude we're just crossing them <laughs> cross them off the list you know <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was really, yeah. So, uh, it's so, cool how did how did the see i didn't know like john cougar was like i didn't know if they were were they active still or how'd you bring them back from the dead yeah i well i i had like uh i'd met chris I think the first time I met him was definitely through the queers. Um, but like, you know, he's a San Diego dude. So like I'd be down yeah. there for awesome fest. And I remember one year, like uh, I remember one year, like we hung out at, at a bar and like, just like, just like chilled, you know? And I, I don't really remember. Oh, I don't, I, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but Travis, one of the guys in John Cougar, um, he did our printing for a while, like like our like our covers and stuff. And he was telling me about that they had some songs, and um, I just remember being like, "Okay, well, like you guys want to do a seven inch?" Like all of these dudes have been like <laughs> really easy to work with and pretty eager to make it happen. You know, like um, they were they were all cool about it, and so we did that we did the Armageddon party EP and that was like their first record. And like, yeah, like, I don't know, fucking 15 or something years or 20 years or something like that. And then, um, yeah. And then I think we, they had some songs left over three of them that we did for the, the raging Nathan split. And I, as far as I knew, they were stay, they still had more material. Um, but like, so the day, <laughs> The fucking day that the Armageddon EP came out, the Armageddon Party EP came out, was the day that that they they, they had that fight in San Diego. The, like, that the queers had like uh, 
Dangerous Dave came up and like him and Chris Field <laughs> yeah. got into a fight on stage. And so like that was the day that the record came out. And Chris, I remember him e- like emailing me and just being like, yeah, man, like, I don't know, maybe you can use that to try and sell the record or something. <laughs> uh, he was in good spirits about it. It's pretty funny. Also, also good, you know, just good dudes. So let's let's get into um, Raging Nathan's a little bit, man. Sure. I'd love to. So so I got to know, um, where'd the name come from, dude? Uh. Our, our our friend Nate, was it the hot Nate, dog place? No, like <laughs> like I think that it's it, so it's like it's like a dick joke, you know. It's just like like a hard like a hard boner, like a raging oh, Nathan. No. I think it's like a like a it's like a slang ter- like a gay slang term for like a penis, you know. Okay, just so everybody knows, my my legal name is Nate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> just kidding. Well, the only guy that's ever like the only person that's ever been like. Like, you know, it was like this gay guy at the, at the bar and he, a friend of mine, and I, he was like the raging Nathans. He was like, you mean like, like a fucking dick. You know, we were like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, dude, like, yeah, you get it. Um, so it's, it's stupid, but we actually didn't even come up with it. Our friend Randy came up with it. And I think, you know, now I, I, I fucking, I, I kind of hate the name, but like, I almost feel like it's one of those names, like the Goo Goo Dolls or like. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not whatever. You're just stuck with it. It's it. I remember Patty from Dillinger Four like had like wrote this article or like that contributed a little like top ten list for of like for like the summer like what he was listening to or something. And he like had put a Raging Nathan song on it, and he had wrote like, um, you know, I lo- He said I like these guys so much that I, I I listen to them even though they named their band this. Like, why the fuck would they do that or something like that? <laughs> and uh, you know, it was like complimentary and also like you know bummed me out at the same time. Oh man, I actually like I like it more now. You know, I thought I thought you were gonna say like you like you guys went to like that Nathan's hot dog place or whatever, and like somebody got like the raging shits or something. Oh yeah, no man, it was just a fucking stupid dick joke from like 2008, you know, like and it That's just awesome. kind of it kind of stuck, so. I also like dicks quite a bit. So dude, the the, the I got to tell you, the new album, I fucking love it, man. Like I, I I don't know, like I really like Cheap Fame, you know, but Ooh. I don't know, like maybe I don't want to say it, but I I think it might be better than that one. I really but. appreciate that because I I do think that it's a better record. And I I don't know. I mean, I just so we just got back from um Luke Luke's house from the copyrights and like we just recorded another full LP, like another 15 songs. That's no better shit. than Oppositional Defiance, like hands down. I don't I don't know what it is, man. It's it's like I I think that each release has some good songs on it. Um but I, I also think that like a couple of things have like played into like our band, which is, you know, it's always been me and Nick and um, Nick played the drums for a long time in the band, but like it was a like, three piece for a while, but he, you know, he's always like been one of the, the songwriters along with me. And so like, we had always been trying to become a four piece and move him up to guitar and find a drummer. And we could never do that. We just never found a drummer that clicked with us. And then with Patrick, it finally worked and so i think having the same lineup um for the last two and a half years has like really been productive because instead of 
like constantly teaching people new parts to, you know, or the same parts to, so you can go on tour or play this show or like whatever. Like we've just, we've just been like full steam ahead, like writing new material. And, um, Nick and I, I think have just come into our own as like friends and, and, and like songwriters, you know, like, like I want to like, Nick's, you know, I, like I want to be fucking Greg Graffin and Brett Gurwitz. Like I want to be fucking, <laughs> you know, like Simon and Garfunkel, dude. Like that's that's my fucking, <laughs> dude. And, and that's the way yeah. I look at it. Like I don't have, and then and then you know the bass player like Christian, he, he you know he wrote a couple songs and um I, so with with that you know mindset we've and and this garage band shit i'm telling you man i don't know the garage band changed the whole fucking game for me because you know <laughs> i had a lot of trouble writing music you know it took me a long time but now i can like now that i can hear it you know i, I on my computer i just like i can just play shit all the time until i like something or like whatever and so I really appreciate you saying that about oppositional defiance because i do think that it's more of a cohesive record um than any of the other ones like cheap fame i think has some really good songs on it but like i almost never ever listen to the b-side of it you know i make it through the first six songs or something and then like that's it you know and and this one i think is good all the way through i love i yeah cheap cheap fame is it's it was just i don't know i just loved it when i first heard it and it's like the cover's cool you know and it's just a banger of an album, but yeah, this this new one though, dude, I was just like, holy shit! And I've heard everything in between, but it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, it seems like the new album, like you're saying, it's just. I think that "Where You Been" song, dude, that like took it over the top. Where we grew 
Yeah, like, that's that, that that's is a, a great song. That, that's a Nick song too. You know, I, I remember, so like, you know, what he used to do is like, he used to just send me these, like whatever, like demos on an acoustic guitar, like on his phone. And, mm -hmm. and he sent it to me. And I remember like just listening to it in my car, just him and an acoustic guitar. And it's like, fuck dude, like I got goosebumps. And, and that's how I know when something's good. Cause like, you know, like I remember putting out the ex, the ex-boyfriends LP and we had gotten like a demo CD of theirs, like the first time that we played in McAllen. And like, it sounded like so bad. Like it sounded like it was recorded in like a toilet bowl, but like <laughs> the songs were so good. Like it just, it gave me goosebumps, man. And that's like how you know that, it, you know, your song transcends like, like the recording, like it doesn't ha it doesn't matter what it's fucking recorded on. Like it, if the song is good, it's good. And, um, yeah, so I I agree with you. Where you been was like I remember being like, okay, this is gonna be, and I and I think like that was the actual the, the first single or it was, we it was the second single that we released. And, and man, I I gotta tell you though, this uh, uh, the first song, dude, it's like, dude, because I I I know like it, that's pretty personal for you, you know, the 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 tragedy, the Dayton thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just, it was like, that kind of gave me like goosebumps, you know, that, that was a big deal for, for that city and for you, you know? So I was, I know you were on tour, right? You were like in Europe. Yeah. So we were, we were in France when we, when we heard about it, but like, you know, it started at the place that I work at. Yeah. And I remember seeing that shit on the news and I was like, I was like, God damn, because I remember seeing pictures of you in there and stuff, and it was like, I think that that's that's where Josh worked, or you know what I mean. I was like, Jesus, I hope Josh and, is okay, you know. <laughs> and Christian, and the, the bass player, like we we've both worked there for a long time, and he definitely would have been working. I'm I'm a day guy, so like I I I probably wouldn't have been there, but um, yeah, man, like the fact of the matter is, is like it started there. And the guy, like, you know, all the security footage that people saw on, like, CNN or, like, whatever the news, like, that's all from Blind Bobs. And then he, like, shoots several people. Like, the weirdest thing is the guy's in the bar, like, taking shots with the bartender. Like, you know, he's talking to the door guy. And they're like, you know, and and, and he walks by this patio full of people at Blind Bobs and, like, you know, shoots a couple people on the street and then crosses the street and works his way across the street. But... Like, you know, to think that, like, if the guy had turned 30 fucking degrees that he could have taken out an entire patio of people. I mean, like, the, the guy who made up the yeah. name, the Raging Nathans, his wife we works with me. She got shot, man. You know, she got shot in the leg. And um, so, yeah. She's it, good it, now? She's okay, though? She's okay. Um, but, like, it's really, like, it was really weird because we we were in Europe and, and, and I wasn't able to come home until I actually, like even when I got back to the States, I had to fly to New Jersey to, to fucking record the loose behavior record. So even when I was home, I still couldn't get home for another like three days. So I was gone for like a week and a half. And I remember coming back to work and, um, just kind of like seeing, um, you know, we had missed everything we had missed. So there was like a huge media circus, you know, there was like up and down the street just for like, we had heard for like a week, there was just you know, tents from news, news people and, you know, covering the shooting. Cause also the day before was the fucking, there was a shooting in Texas at the Walmart that killed like tons of people. 
And so it was like this national problem. And I remember coming home and there was like, yeah, there was like candle wax on the ground and there were bullet holes in the fucking glass. And um, like people's just emotions were just shattered, dude. And like, I remember looking and um, there was like this guy next to me, like this news guy. And he was like doing jumping jacks and shit. Like he was just like giggling and having a fucking good time, you know. And, And I'm like standing there and I'm just like processing everything that had happened. You know, because this was like my first day back, you know, and I other people had been back a while. They had had a chance to, you know, see what was going on. And um, I just fucking lost my temper on this dude, man. And I just I was like, get the fuck out of here before I lose my shit on you. Because like, like, you know, are like, are you having a good time? Because like, I'm not, you know, like, like you're not understanding that this is a reality for people. And like, you're just here, you're on a, you're a fucking tourist, you're on vacation, like doing your job. Like I am, you know, I'm at my job where, where people just got murdered, bro. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a lot to handle. And, and when it came to the song, I knew exactly as soon as I got home and I started watching all the TV, man, I had had this song forever that I loved the the music to, but I could never write lyrics to it. Nick couldn't write lyrics to it. And like, we thought it would just be like a fun thing to like do an intro at a show or something to get people to come into the room, like before you play. Um, but as soon as fucking I got home, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I called it tragedy ghouls because it's like, that's what they are, man. There's these fucking creepers dude that, that are like sucking the the psyche out of you. Like, you know, they, 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 they feed off this ghoulish, like tragedy that happened. You know, you get people that come into the bar like, Oh, were you there that night? You know? And it's like, I'll re- if it's respectful, like I'll answer that question and we can talk about it. But like, you know, it's just like, it, it can be morbid and gruesome. And I wanted to call attention to like, like that it's not like you get so desensitized from the sensationalism of the media when it comes to these tragedies. And like, you know, I I just wanted it to be like some of those clips. I wanted people to understand like, Hey, this really affected people. And you know, it's not just, it's not just a news story. I don't know. Um, It was actually a big source of contention between me and Christian. He, he did not want that song to be the first thing on the record. Um, he basically thought that it was going to set the mood and like, how can you, how can you have a good time? Like listening to the record after you listen to that song. Um, and I mean, ultimately the call was mine and I, and I didn't give a fuck. I, I, that's exactly how I wanted to start the record. And I, and it was intentional and I did it on purpose. Um, dude, it, it's, 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 it's very powerful. I, I remember when it happened, like me and you aren't close friends or anything, obviously, but I remember thinking of you and it was just like, you know, I, I hope he's not there kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like just a small world. Like what are the odds that, you know, it happens in your city, in your bar? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was one of those things where you realize like, yeah, you don't ever think it can happen to you or you never think it will happen to you until it does. And, and there was a lot of weird emotions there, man, because, you know, you spend 40 hours a week for the last 12 years at a place and you kind of wonder to yourself, it's not, it's, I wouldn't call it guilt, but it's like, you know, you wonder why it happened. Like when you weren't there, you know, when you're there the most, um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a complex, uh, emotion, you know? Yeah. Well, dude, like I said, 
it man it's it's a heavy way to start the record dude i mean it's just heavy thoughts you know well i expected people to fucking skip it i mean because after a while like (laughs) you know nobody wants to listen to that shit and i get it and that's fine and like i think that's why like having um one day closer as the second song is you know perfect because you can skip the first song and still get like like okay this record is gonna rip you know like it's it's not something i want to listen to anymore and it's actually i kind of regret it because like it's desensitized me to where like i don't hear the emotion in it anymore like it doesn't affect me like how it affects like and and i'm glad that it does affect people when they listen to it I'm, whether they like it or, or they hate it um like i'm glad that they have a feeling one way or another and i just hear like you know when when you're in a band and you listen to like your own song a million times and you just never want to hear it again like like yeah that's all that is to me now and i and i regret that because it is deeply you know um personal to me but maybe that's why i did it you know to numb numb myself it, it's a good way to uh start it just like you guys aren't fucking around and plus i think you know maybe i don't know man maybe people will hear it and they'll be like what what is this even about like maybe people won't know about it and they'll look at it and they realize you know reminds everybody that the world is fucked up you know yeah well you know some people were like i, I remember like some of the reviews were like oh uh, you know um drawing attention to like gun violence and like shit like that and like i never I, you know i look listen listen i own a fucking gun i i like guns i shoot i shoot guns because they're fucking fun and they're cool you know like so it's not it wasn't necessarily about like gun violence it was just about like unnecessary violence you know what i mean like i i want to be clear that it's like it's not political it's while i do totally like agree that like like nobody needs a fucking assault rifle like i'm sorry like sorry tim from you know the Lillingtons. like i i don't you know you don't you don't need like a fucking 17 round magazine um yeah you know but hey to each his own man i'm just saying like it wasn't intended to be political it was just supposed to be like an event that happened that i was talking about you know so all right dude i gotta tell you something maybe you don't know this but uh i don't know anything about live from the rock room I mean, I know Mike does it. That's his thing. And I love mm-hmm. it. You know, I love watching those videos. But do you realize that you have to have hold the record for the most appearances on <laughs> I, that thing? I, yeah, I think I do. Like, this was a joke between me and Mikey, actually, because like... Uh, <laughs> you beat him. <laughs> I, I have. I think I have one on him. Yeah. And uh, that and that was like a, a funny joke, you know, because Mikey is like, you know, is, is in everything. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck no. I was like, no, you're... I'm not letting you beat me on this one, dude. Like I'm, I'm fucking doing it. Um, but yes, uh, it's, I, I like doing the live from the rock room thing, man. I, I like Mike and he's been gracious enough to let, um, you know, my bands come through and play. I think he let the Nathans do it twice. How does it work? Like I've never, like it's, it, it was obviously in his house. Did you just show up in his neighborhood during the day, like before a night yeah. show and just record and. Yeah. Uh, he, and like we did it in two different houses cause he moved moved but like yeah it's the same like he's got a basement and um it's just like set up with the instruments and the amps and stuff and um he had a guy you know that helped him um shoot it like video like video it from different angles and then he would record it and then i don't know who who like mixed it and stuff but 
um, you know, you'd play the song and it's live. So it's like you play the song, you know, two or three times or like however, you know, until you feel like you did a good job. And yeah. And then he, and then he, he takes it from there, man. I, I, I've had a good, good experience with that each time. Dude, everything that I've heard from those just sound killer. Like every band sounds good. Even if I don't like the band, I still watch them, you know? Oh yeah. But, um, to hear how it sounds. Yeah. I think Mike actually does it. I think he actually, I think he's the one who mixes it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It sounds great. But I remember when, um, he sold the house in Chicago and somebody posted a link to like the realtor site and you could take like the virtual tour and, uh, <laughs> they, or at least they'd have pictures. And I remember the basement, you'd see it and it was like, Oh, that's cool. And there was like, there was like maybe like a smoking Pope's like road case or something. And it was like, how cool is that? You know? But oh, yeah. um, I was worried he wasn't going to do it anymore, but I heard he's, he's doing it from like in Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. I mean that, but the last time we did, it was in, was like end of February or March. And I haven't heard anything about it since then. Well, I mean, the pandemic hit like right afterwards. So I'm assuming that's yeah. why, but, but yeah, I mean, he had it all set up. Which band, what, what was the last one you did it with? We did Loose Behavior and fuck what? Uh, we did. Cause we I did saw the, a Loose Behavior one. We did Loose Behavior. I did the Slow Death. We did the Raging Nathans dopamines yeah. nobody's the, the dopamines nobody's the nathan's twice so that's six and what the fuck was the other one? Oh shit <laughs> i don't know you I, tied I, with mikey no man i've got him on one <laughs> fucking, I, I i just gotta i can't think of what the other one is it was probably uh, yeah, it was the slow death one that because he wasn't playing at that time. But the, yeah, the slow death and the Nathan Nathan's did one at, at at the same time, and then we went back like a couple weeks later with loose behavior and did that one. Yeah, I but, just I thought it was funny. It's like I watched those and it's like, oh, there's Josh, <laughs> there he is again. Like it's geez. kind of like a joke. He like Mike even was like he, he was like, oh, you, like you again, you know. So um, yeah, but let's talk about the nobodies, dude. Nobody's. <laughs> how do you, how do you get involved with the nobodies? Uh, so I got involved with the nobodies because I, uh, one of the uh, tours that I did with the queers, uh, our first show is at the Tin Roof in South Carolina that Johnny Puke had set up for the the queers and the nobodies, and just dude right off i mean like right off the bat dude i met jj and 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 so this tour was like it was like the members of the band were jj randy the kid steve bauer who was in who was the drummer for bucko nine and um adam husher and he was like the second guitar player and we just dude i mean we just fucking got along famously man you know and, and and they would like they would fuck with me because they knew that like you know joe didn't you know he didn't party he doesn't drink like he <laughs> so every time joe wasn't looking you know they were like you know make feeding me shots or like making me you know like do something <laughs> um you know, we were in uh, uh connecticut or something and they like they like dragged me, it, the bar was closing and they like shut the door and the door wouldn't open from the outside. And they like, just like made me take like four shots and they were like, you know, Joe's ba like banging on the door, like, Hey, let me in. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're fucking laughing. Man. <laughs> I, 
I, I think I stayed, you know, I stayed the night with them one time and like they drove off, like they put gas in the car and they drove off in the fucking, with the gas pump in the fucking, in the car, <laughs> you know, like ripped it off. <laughs> it's like a rental car. They're just like, they're just fucking crazy dudes, man. But, um, we did, a, we did two or three tours with them and, uh, then, yeah, I don't know. I just got along with JJ. We did a seven and after that first tour, he, he asked me, um, I asked him if he wanted to do a split and he said yes. And it was also their first material that they had put out in like yeah, in 15 or 17 years or something. Yeah. And he had a couple of songs and then he was like, Hey, I got this song that doesn't have any lyrics. Like, like, do you want to give it a shot? And so like, I actually wrote a song for the nobodies that ended up on that seven inch. And, um, yeah. And that's, that's how our relationship began. And then we ended up doing hussy and, um, to tour on that, what, you know, what song did you write the lyrics for? I wrote a song called the, the Brown street pimp. so that's on this that is, and, and so like you know maximum rock and roll like you know dismissed it as like some i like i don't know if they thought it was like racist or if they thought it was like some you know the cover is like a pimp with like the, yeah, yeah. the artist uh jason goad from dayton he actually like the kind of like famous comic book artist who does like star wars and shit and uh but like he like made you know, one of the girls looked like Taylor Wayne, obviously, which was one of the nobody's yeah. things. And then the other girl looks like like that, like this porn star Mia Khalifa. And it's just like a pimp, you know, and he's got like his arms around these two, these two like hot chicks. And um, I think that uh, so like the song is about um, this guy, Mr. Vines, who's who, who calls himself the brown street pimp, not not the brown street pimp, not like color brown street pimp. 
um, there's a street called Brown street and he used to like, he like rides by his bicycle, you know, all up and down the street, just like <laughs> drunk as fuck. Um, and he called himself the Brown street pimp and anybody in Dayton knows, you know, who Mr. Bynes is. But yeah, I remember like getting the maximum rock and roll review and it was just like, like, what the fuck is this? From 87 to uh, 10, I was just a Brown street pimp. That's all. Now I'm considered double the Brown street pimp. I got a Facebook. It was a challenge because I didn't want to just like write something like, you know, like about like fucking or something like, you know, they've already done that. <laughs> yeah. So I had to come up with like some kind of material that was, you know, still a little risque, but you know, yeah. Left a little to the imagination. So the nobody's right about fucking. Just kidding. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, uh, I don't know, man. I was like surprised. I'm like, another you know another classic band that suddenly is coming back you know and and uh i felt like when i heard hussy it was like they just fucking it was like no time was wasted man they didn't grow up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you no, know well, i mean the only thing about hussy is like you know so there's no like you know there's no justin songs on it it's all it's all i i know i know justin because of playing in the we played in the queers together but like when it comes to the nobodies, like I actually preferred JJ songs, like much more. Like Justin always had the kind of like gross, like sex songs, you know, and um, or just like crude, you know, like they were like the more crude mm -hmm. songs. And oh, yeah. I just, I just like JJ's songs better. Um, yeah, me too, man. So, yeah, I just thought it was cool. I, and I'd met, I'd met JJ, like I don't know, maybe once or twice you know i've seen the nobodies a few times and uh yeah he's always nice you know dude, dude he's so. he's he's literally the nicest guy and and you know and he's one of those dudes that like has had because you know he of the nobodies and when they were popular and also like being in drag the river for so yeah. long like yeah he he knows everybody dude i mean he's just got stories that are just too too fucking funny man he's he's so fun to hang out with cool so yeah so uh when we started talking about having you on we were going through some ideas of what to do and i always like to have something related to to the guest so um we went through a couple topics you wanted to do nobodies of course man let's let's do a uh, top 11 nobodies one two three four five six seven eight nine ten here comes the top 11 the top 11, top 11, top 11, here comes the top 11. This is like a huge process for me, these things. They're <laughs> stressful as fuck, but I'll go through and I'll pick out songs and I'll just start dropping them in places. And there's usually like number one is usually like, I already know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that drops and then everything, but it always changes throughout you know, the week or a couple of days changes like 10 times today. I changed this fucking list around already. So, Oh, well, we're lucky um, that this isn't like bad religion or rancid or something like that. Cause I, I, you know, I'd be like fucking sweating and shit. Oh man. We've had some, I've, yeah. Sometimes it's like, I can't even do this. Like I can't, I can't only do 11, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, but no, I kind of, um, yeah, but I, I, I got my list ready. You want to start at 11? 11. Yeah, sure. Got? All right, so for 11, I'll start with the one that I wrote <laughs> called Brown Street Pimp. 
because <laughs> cool. um, you know that was like that was really cool for me I, you know to not not only did i get to do a split with the nobodies you know but to be able to write the words for one of the songs that was that was cool too that's awesome man yeah so uh my number 11 starts with my favorite nobody's record which is generation xxx you know um and i'm going with i love it I just I love the absolute fucking snottiness of the nobodies. You know, when I was like in my twenties, it was fucking great. You know, I, I just loved it. I you know, I know it's kinda tongue in cheek, it's fun, but I loved it. I loved that that fucking energy they had. I don't listen to them as much as I did back then, you know, but I still when I hear it, it's just like I feel young, dude. They definitely have the juvenile obnoxiousness that, you know, I think is great. And, yeah. and you know what's funny about Nobody's is like, like yeah, there people you know would definitely. It's a little not as politically correct as the times are right now, but like <laughs> if you talk to like any of any punk rocker, dude, like <laughs> they all love the Nobodies, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. So what do you got for ten? Ten. All right. So for ten, actually, is is a song called. Um, Cheap love. That's the last song on Hussy, and it sounds like it. It's like weird. recorded. Do you know what song I'm talking it, about? Uh, oh yeah, I know what song you're talking about. It sounds really weird. So it sounds like a like a like it's on a tape or something. Now, yeah. So like the story behind that is that it's that it's not it's not supposed to be the Nobodies. That it's it's a a band called Johnny Stroker and the Peepin' Toms. <laughs> and and it was like so because because i remember being like what's up with this song and he was like oh yeah that's that's johnny stroker and the peeping toms um yeah that's 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 number 10 because i think i actually it's a fucking great song um i just like the fact that it was supposed to be like you know not not the nobodies well, that's cool because i didn't know that i was i was like what is this like a fucking demo like why does this sound like this so yeah, he I think like I think he was like you know he's like yeah we should do a whole record I'm like yeah dude do a fucking do a whole record just like that Johnny Stroker and the Peepin' Tom <laughs> oh man that'd be that's funny I I dig that a lot my number ten is uh I hate your guts this song it it jumped off my list and it jumped back on but. I heard it today at work and I was like, fuck yeah. I, I was having a shitty day. <laughs> it was like, that fucking song's on there. Fuck it. What record was that on? Gen XXX. That was on Gen... Okay, cool. Because like... With How do the, you say that? Because I, I always feel weird I think like he, saying... He's in triple X generation triple X. Okay. Um, but like, you know, with like um, less hits, more tits, and then... Uh, great ass tits like i don't even yeah yeah i don't even know where these fucking songs came from <laughs> like there's there's a million of them um, yeah yeah i always wondered that too like because usually those comps are made up of old singles or comp tracks or whatever 
And but they're yeah, not like, all on seven inches. Like some of them are just, you know what I mean? Like on, on that record. So I, I'm not yeah. really sure. Great ass tits. It, 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 it seems like there's like at least 180 songs on there. There's definitely 50. <laughs> <I think. laughs> there's a lot of fucking songs on there. So yeah, I remember I had that, I had that, it was double LP, you know, I think it was double, right? And, uh, I ended up, somebody offered me like, uh, I want to say like 80 bucks for it or something like that. It was a crazy amount of money. And I was like, yeah. So I ended up selling. <laughs> I regret it now, you know, but yeah. Yeah. When you need money, you know, and it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll sell that and whatever. All right. So what are we on? Number nine? nine. Oh yeah. for Yeah. Yeah. For me, number nine. So, um, number nine for me is actually, um, is a Justin song is dead end job. like it because like you know i i i relate to that you know i just it's like fuck my stupid fucking job and my boss is a fucking dick you know <laughs> and it's not it, and it's not like about anything it's not about like getting pussy or anything it's just like about <laughs> my stupid job yeah i i'm looking down my list and i don't think i have any justin songs <laughs> no. that's the only one that made mine uh my number nine comes off hussy and it's to me i should have been higher fuck but it's like uh it's everything that the nobodies are sex drugs sex and rock and roll Let's go! 
That's on my I list remember too. I remember when I saw the 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 track listing for this album and it was like okay let's see what the you know let's see what they can do <laughs> you know and once i saw that it was like yep same old nobodies you know oh so, and, and what a, dude that's a great that's a great song it really i like, just it's love just... it it's it's fucking genius like i know it's so simple but like that no one ever has you know sex drugs and rock and roll have been saying that for decades you know that's a common thing but to throw that extra little sex in there is just it's fucking perfect for him it's such a nobody's thing to do yeah the the, the nobody's really benefit from uh, a really good production you know like the early stuff uh, the production kind of sucked you know Mm-hmm. So like Generation Triple X and like Hussy just sounds so good. There's just a kind of like a a heavy tone to it. That um, yeah, it, it brings out it brings out like their ability because you know they're all players, man. You know and like yeah, like the, some of the the older shit. It's like yeah, it sounds really like just like a shitty punk band with goofy songs. But when you give it the production quality, even just like a little bit, you know, it's like oh, these guys can fucking really rip. Yeah, I watched a. I think it was maybe it was at the live at the rock room thing and just watching JJ play. It's like that guy can fucking play bass, man. Like, yeah, no pick. He's fucking good. <laughs> yeah, no pick. It's like he's not mailing it in, man. And yeah, he's good. For sure. I agree with you. Uh, all right. Number eight. What do you got? Eight. Uh, number eight is probably ain't too cool. She came up to me at the show. She made me wish I didn't go. dude you know like <laughs> i i always got a kick out of playing it i always got a kick out of like uh 
think <laughs> says something about like uh my brothers in that band or you know like they're kind of lame or something it's just fucking funny <laughs> my number eight is uh tanya got a tit job i don't know i, I don't want to say it's a shtick you know what i mean but when you can keep it's not a shtick but when you can keep writing on that same theme and i always have something just just to top the last song is it's fucking genius man so i don't i don't know if a lot of people would call the nobody's you know geniuses but it really <laughs> is to be able to write this many you know how how many like dirty songs to be able to keep doing it man it's fucking great so i who's tanya do we do you know who tanya uh, is i actually i, I don't know you know that's something <laughs> that would have came up too like I, I don't, but I don't know. I can't. I mean, you should get JJ on here, man. I, I'll put you in touch. You fucking, he, he'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, that is that. That question is in the phone now. I'm always curious, you know, because like, who who was this girl? Was she real? And it's so fun when when you find out that there it was a real person. I love oh. that. And the Johnny Puke was on like a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, whatever it was, and he went through that album, and it was like all those girls were real and it was like oh it's so cool to know and, oh yeah uh, i love i love it when the, when they're when they're true and especially when it's like they don't even when it's the same name like that's cool Number seven? Seven. Uh, number seven is uh, I'm So Useless. It's just like, it's just super fast. And I think it, it, it just kind of embodies like uh, the style of the nobodies. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, I had for number seven, A Girl Like You. Yeah, that's on my list too. Far, it's a little bit man, later down, further down. Yeah, that's that's like I don't know. It's such a it's a great one. It's um probably my eh, yeah. It's it's got to be my favorite on that album for sure. It is absolutely one of my favorite Nobody songs. Yeah, and it, it bounced around a lot. I know, but um yeah, ended up there. So what what was that six or seven? Yeah, so. that was seven. So what do you got for six? Six. Uh, I love to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's like another, it's just like another short fucking ripper that's just like, you know, that's those dudes in a fucking nutshell, man. <laughs> I love to fuck. I love to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't, uh, there's no beating around the bush with them, you know? Nope. <laughs> All right, man, my number six, I got to go with the jerk.
I love that song, dude. I actually, I, I can't, I can't picture that song. That's, gotta, uh, I'm going to have to go back and do some, uh, sounds like, Hey Suburbia. Every time I hear it, it's like, yep, they lifted that fucker. <laughs> no, I love it, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go check that one out. Cause I can't, pers- I mean, they have like 10,000 fucking songs. Oh yeah. JJ's pissed at you right now. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like <laughs> you don't remember my songs. He's like, you don't know the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> So, what do you got for five, man? Five. Well, for five, I'll, I'll give you one off of Generation Triple X. I, 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 dude's gonna shoot. It was actually it, it was on my list a couple of times. So and I think didn't make that it, it was I think that it was also on that hopeless comp like one of those hopelessly devoted to you comps. I always thought it was weird that they were on hopeless. Yeah. Like, I mean, hopeless was a big label for a while, but they didn't I mean, they didn't have other bands like like uh like the nobodies. I mean there wasn't another band like the nobodies, but I mean they were like like Dillinger Four, you know. Yeah, well, and, shit, man. I guess you, you know, you got to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, I mean, that was a big label at that time, though. I think, right? I mean, I looked at it like it was yeah. a bigger deal. Yeah. I so. and they told me that like it was like, like in the same plaza. It was like in like a you know or like the same. It was like in California near all these like porno like like production <laughs> places. So like when they went to the <laughs> hopeless offices, like they like went to like the the porno places and they just got like tons of free like fucking porno for years or something. That's that seems like a like a dangerous spot for them to go. Especially <laughs> when like, they're they're trying to work, you know what I mean? Well I think I said I could be wrong, but that's where they shot the video for um Girl Like You. Okay. So like I wonder if like if they're having like writer's block. They just go there and couple hours later they have an album yeah i i tell you (laughs) i don't think that with these dudes have a pro would have a problem with writer's block (laughs) all right my number five um is joe queer kick me out yeah you know that one was gonna be on mine because it was something that me and jj both related to 
I probably would have. I, I probably could. I probably should have changed that out with like dead end job or something because <laughs> the joke would kick me out. One is funny. Um, that's actually. I think that's Sean Perry's kids from the the tunnel rat who's the tunnel rats who are who say at the beginning is like Joe Joe quick kick me out the motherfucker kick me out yeah so so what does Joe think of that song oh you know I I, I don't know he'll he'd, he'd be like he'd be like yeah I don't know like JJ wrote a song about me or something <laughs> like he, oh, he's, hey, he's pretty dismissive of it I'm sure so I gotta ask Dude, I, I forgot. I was going to ask you this earlier. You did you did a little Joe imitation. Um, so far, the best imitation I've heard is Johnny Puke doing Joe. So, what do you got? Give me your best Joe queer. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, <laughs> oh, Josh, you know, uh, you know, not a lot out here, man. You keep driving. There's not much out here, Josh. You know, <laughs> he's got that like nature accent. Everyone's got a Joe queer, dude. All those dudes you talk about, fucking like. Uh, you know, Jeff useless and fucking, yeah. You know, all, all those 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 New England guys, they, JJ. Everyone's got a fucking Joe Queer impression, man. Dude, that was a good yeah. one. I like that one. That was right up there with Johnny. So he used to say that shit. We'd be driving. <laughs> and he'd be like, he'd be like, not a lot out here, Josh. I was a teenage fuck up. My name's Joe Queer. You're listening to the Dummy Room. Uh, number four, what do you four. got? Uh, sex, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. It's oh, a great one. I should have had it higher, man. I just that is think like that the it's definitive. Just, the quality of song that it is, you know, it, it brings it up, you know, higher on my list. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just, you know, we said it before. It's just a good song. And I think it, as far as the nobodies go, it's like, it's up there as one of the best that they've written. Yeah. I, I think, like, the Hussey album, they, they, they certainly had... It's it's much more of a rock and roll feel, you know. Yeah, it's like that. It's like a, a you know the JJ and the Regulars record, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely hear that there was a little bit more influence than than just straight up punk rock, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, my number four comes from Hussey as well. It's Do It All Again. <laughs> I got home Well I guess I'll never 
which was which was on a, the JJ and the regulars record. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't even know that. I mean, I've heard that stuff, but I that's that's something that you know. I'm, I guess it I'm didn't all, really catch me at the time, so I didn't really. I don't know. I kind of. I'm almost paused. You know. Yeah, do it all again, man. That's that was on the that was on the JJ record. But okay, yeah, I'm gonna go check that out then, dude. But I mean, like, just like you were saying, like, you can hear the influence, like, in that record on the, you know, on this Nobody's record. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't know that, man. I'm going to go check that out now. Hmm. But yeah, it sounds great on Hussy, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I I agree. All right. Number three. three. I, we're going to have to have, I got a feeling like we might have at least two of these be the same. Yeah, it's it's I I'm interested to see what your number one is, but so my number three would be Girl Like You, and yeah. I, the reason being it's the first it's the first nobody song I ever heard because it was on the hopeless like Cinema Beer Nuts VHS, and so I remember like yeah I remember seeing the the video for it, so it holds a special place in my nobody's heart. ever that that comp a lot of those comps i don't know if i ever had those so there was a lot of bands on like hopeless like i didn't care for like that funeral erasion and like falling sickness i just never i just never oh, got yeah. into that stuff they, so i, I kind of avoided well, a lot of the hopeless stuff nobody's did a split with falling sickness Mm-hmm. Um, i think I, I have that record i just it's just a band i just didn't i just didn't, they just didn't grab me yeah, I mean, Hopeless wasn't, like, my favorite, but they had some good stuff. I think on there, there was, like, MXPX maybe was on there, and, like... Um, oh, I'm, I don't know. But, like, Strife, you remember that band? It was, like, some hard... Yeah. You know, so I, they had, like, a, a, a Blank 77. They, they had, like, a... They were all over the place. Yeah. they At one point, they did the... They were the label that did the uh, the, the sub-label, the sub-city... Right, 
Uh, I don't. Was that a was that a was that a subsidiary of Hopeless? I'm I didn't know sh- that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, and because I saw that tour, and I, I, it was like scared of Chaka and like FYP and 15 maybe. Oh, that's um, awesome. Dillinger Four, I think, played that show. Yeah, I think Sub City was. I I thought that was connected to Hopeless. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I will anyways. check that out. Um. My number three, dude, uh, perfect rejection. I got everything that I'll ever need, enough to get me through. I got a couple of bucks and a little good luck, and then I saw you. See, I went shopping the other day, I saw this girl, she looked my way. love that song dude <laughs> just that this that i don't know when they get kind of when they get kind of poppy oh they just sound so killer and, and the, it was like their sweet spot you know i know they got fast and they got snotty but when they could do like that mid-tempo just that catchiness that they could get every once in a while it was perfect dude yeah, I agree. I mean, that's like, and that's my favorite stuff, you know, is like, see, like, I'm not really like a sugary guy, like, I like the, the sugary pop punk stuff, but I, I enjoy it when it's like, pop punk done. Like, I never, I, that's why I kind of always objected to that term pop punk, because of like the bands like that. But um, yeah, when the no, you know, when a band like the Nobodies does it, it's just, it just sounds good, man. You know, it sounds good. And like, it's got a little bit of grit to it because, because of how they sing. And so, yeah, I mean, generation triple X was like, that was like the pretty much the last one, you know? Yeah. I love that record. I love the first song, you know, I love the end of doing it for the kids when he's like, fuck the kids. Yeah. (laughs) It just cracked me. I remember when I first heard it, I, I about pissed my pants, you know? Dude, like that record's got like fat hookers, you know, and that just, that song yeah. just 
Like that song just makes me fucking crack up every fucking time, dude. Yeah, fat, fat yeah. hookers. I remember my wife was like, "She's like, oh great, are you gonna play just another cunt tonight?" And I'm like, <laughs> but you know, a funny story about that song is that Misky from City Mouse told me that she used to work at Hope Hopeless and that she did all the backup vocals on Generation Triple X, including on she's the girl who's singing on Just Another Cunt. No shit. That's what she told me. Yeah. <laughs> Another mystery solved. Yeah. No, because I, I live I live near, you know, I'm like a couple hours from Minneapolis. And, you know, that time when that that mid to late 90s was all like doing it for the kids and doing it for the scene and all that shit, you know? <laughs> Fuck and then the the nobody's come out. Fuck the kids. I mean, just, just just that snotty fucking voice, too. Fuck the kids. I mean, just it's, him on the front cover is like, it was like giving the finger. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, man. What's your number two? Two. Scarred by Love. Nice. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I don't know why that's like um, my number. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's another <laughs> one. It's just a great song. I mean, I, you know, Joe does it, like he yeah. sings it on there and um, it's just one of I saw of those, you sing it, man. What do you think of singing that when you had to? Yeah, I love. I, I dude, I'm not. I'm happy to do shit like that. Like the less shit that JJ had to do, he was like, "Hey, oh, you want to do that? Like, go ahead." <laughs> so yeah, I. I mean, I was honored, man. You know, like really, it, it, it's a great song. You know, like I, I saw, um, you know, off with their heads covers it on the Lemuria oh. split, and I remember we played at the the Three Kings in Denver with off with their heads and like the Nobodies and um. Like, just for a second, you know, the dude Ryan was, like, you know, he, like, played a few chords. of Somebody had, like, yelled something about, like, play play a song or something. And he had, like, he played, you know, just, the, like, open chords, like, the beginning of, of uh, Scarred by Love and, and, like, sang the first, like, line or two. And I was, like, oh, shit, that was, you know, like, is he going to do the whole thing, you know? But, yeah, so it, it it's just a great song, good song in general and and i like that it has guest vocals on it and uh, yeah so did did joe ever get up and sing that when they were on tour yeah totally we um a couple awesome. of times well one 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 time i in, in rhode island i remember particularly the crowd go fucking nuts yeah yeah i mean you know it's the, the a queer's nobody's crowd and snowy rhode island on you know whatever it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> there wasn't like a million people there but like yeah you know they liked it plus they had just yeah. you know seen watched the queers or knew that we were playing next or whatever it was so it was expected now when i saw you sing it i was wondering because the first time i saw that it was like oh i wonder who's you know is jj gonna sing it and of course you sang it, it was like ah oh, this is cool man I, you did a good job dude Thanks. Yeah, I mean that wasn't. I remember that one particular like wasn't my guitar either. I played like a Strat or you're something. A, I don't. I don't remember. You're playing what the, a Strat, yeah. And I never played a Strat. I think that was Mike's. I just. I don't have. I don't remember what was wrong. Maybe I had a broken string or something. But um, yeah, man. Like especially something like the live from the rock room. I was nervous because I don't want to fuck up the lyrics, you know. And I think <laughs> I might have a little bit, but yeah, no. It's like it, it was an honor for me to get to do that. Yeah. Plus, you want to look cool, you know. Absolutely. Singing that song. I love that song. <laughs> All right, man. My number two is Best Damn Tits. 
got a way of making something that probably should not be like said like seem okay <laughs> exactly it's like it's done with zero you know it's done with zero ill will yeah 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 i mean the the offense that they they put out there is like is through the roof but they get away with it because i like i said i think everyone knows it's kind of a you know whether or not they're actually joking it comes across as you know tongue in cheek and just fun dude yeah it's fun and and like i don't know when you listen to it you're like those those were the best damn tits he's ever seen <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> see him from across hey, the room man nice tits nice titty so uh all right man what's your what's oh, your it'll number be one? cool if our fucking number one man my, my number my number one is calloused heart
didn't see that one coming, dude. Um, I like it because it's like, you know, like it's it's not something that I think would really stick out um, as one of those songs, but like that would be someone's favorite. But you know, so like if you listen to you know, there's like that Drag the River record, the Live from the Starlight, where like you know they cover they cover that song and they cover like a Pinhead Circus song. And, Cause they're all Colorado dudes, you know? And yeah. like the way that like John Snodgrass does it is, and, and the way that drag the river does it is it, 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 it takes that song, like shows you what, like what lies beneath, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's like when you hear something in a song that like, it's like they, it's like they dragged that, version out of the nobody's version and now when i listen to the nobody's version there's like i can hear it i can hear like the the kind of like the country part in it like where it like does like the you know like this like the drum roll and like um it it kind of just seems like it's it's like a real love song or i guess or it's just like a song where that that seems like he's really you know it has nothing to do with sex or like shock value or like anything like that. It's just a real punk rock song. And, um, the fact that, you know, that drag the river did it like the way they did it, just I kind of cemented that as pro as now, every time I hear it, I just, you know, I'll never change it. You know, like I'll crank it every time. Yeah. It's weird when, when you do hear a song that's, you know, you get used to one version of it and then you hear like a different version and you can just, you immediately love it just because of that, you know? Yeah. Like I love it more now than I did when I first heard it. And I think that's why it's probably my favorite. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, chicks dig it. You know, they do that cover and <laughs> nobody. And it's like, I love that fucking song. But then when you hear the original, which is obviously not, you know, it's like a weird country kind of old style kind of song. Um, actually listen to it and it's like, it's a pretty good fucking song, you know? <laughs> you know, of course I'd prefer, I'd prefer Chick's Dig It version of it, but you can hear it then. You can hear just the, the beauty of the song. Exactly. And, you, and it's like you can pick out what, what the guy who's covering it like heard in the original song that made them you know, create their version of it. And I think that's like ultra flattering and, and really important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'll be honest, dude, I, I completely like, I skipped over that, that whole album, the less hits, more tits. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah. So I, I, I whiffed on that song. It probably, it would have made my list. There's some good, you know, can't, can't say no is a good one a drunk at the bsl is a, is a good one on there um my number one is is scarred by love Bye-bye. 
it's so good, you know. Um, it's just a great song. Anybody could sing that, and it's going to be good, you know. And that's what's cool about it is because it's Joe, which Joe has a great voice. I love that. But it's also like you sang it. It's still like fucking great song. Anybody could sing it. It's like an anthem almost, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, that's, I don't know. It was just like it really stuck out on that record. Of course, it probably stuck out because Joe sang it. But just, uh, I, I don't know. That was like they were, they were like ahead of their writing on that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for that album, it's like, yeah, they shouldn't have been writing like that good of a song for at that time. They did. Yeah. That was their, that that was like their hit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And it is, it's too good. You know, I hate to put the, the obvious choice, but fuck it, man, it's too good. So. No, I, I I agree. And that, that, uh, that definitely could have been my number one, but I, I, I made the, the calloused heart thing, I definitely was going to, I'd made it. That was a conscious uh, decision there. So, hey, man, my friend, uh, my friend Craig, I messaged with him last night and um, he had never, he's a big nobody's guy, but he had never seen the, uh, the, uh, what was it? Bar rescue, bar rescue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had never heard of that. So I sent him a link, you know, and I'm like, that is so fucking funny, that episode. And I, maybe I'll, I want to ask JJ about it too, but you've seen it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's just he had never seen it. I forwarded it to him. Hopefully he watched it. And uh, yeah, oh, that fun. that shit. It's hilarious. I remember when I I didn't I didn't even know that show, but I I remember I heard about it. I'd seen like I had seen it was like a show or whatever, and then somebody had told me that you know JJ was on. I was like, Are you, no fucking way, you know. And I <laughs> I like hunted it down. I'm like I didn't know anything about it, you know. <laughs> and it like took me a while, but I found it. And it was like, this is fucking just so good. Oh, him and Randy are like just fucking around. <laughs> it's really it's throwing chairs and shit. The guy comes in and yells at them, calls him an asshole or something. It's really, it's pretty good. This is Dan Bappett from Dan Bappett and Cheats, and you're listening to the Dummy Room. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging tonight. I know it's getting late, so I'll let you go. But um, yeah, fun talking to you. Maybe uh, you know we'll have you back again, dude. And uh, sure, anytime, uh, dude. I had thank you so much for having me. I really had a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, I'll, um, you can plug your shit. Everyone knows, you know, go to Rad Girlfriend Records. Just Google it. You'll find it. Go to Facebook. Find it. Give them likes. Yeah, um, Raging Nathan's. Uh, great, great album. Go get that fucker. I love it. Yeah, we got it. The, the new one's called Waste My Heart. It's it, it, We're trying to figure out what to do with it, but it'll... We also have a 7-inch coming out on um, like a split with this band, The Reaganomics. Um, so it's like a split between with us and Red Scare that should be out in November. So we, we got a lot of stuff coming out, man. All right, dude. Till next time. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right, Bye. see you later, man. Bye. All right, there you go. Uh, Josh Goldman, Rad Girlfriend Records. I've known the guy, you know, worked with him years ago, so it was it was cool to have him on. Um, his band, Raging Nathan's, is uh, you know they're named after dicks, so that's cool. But no, they're uh, they're actually they're fucking great. Um, check out the new album. And uh, hey, I, I wasn't gonna do this, but um, I'm gonna sneak in a, a new Zoonoid song right now.
There you go. The new album is coming on Hey Pizza pretty soon. Uh, you'll see it. Anyways, it's it's a it's a fucking rager. So uh, yeah, everybody take care. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye, yeah. Ding. <laughs> Ding. Doo-doo.